Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, Luke Johnson, Dalton Stanford, all of us here today from the Community Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us today. Check that. The First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. My mistake there. And uh, my thanks to First Bank for all that they do for the program. First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Bob, Kelly, Luke, and Dalton, and a great show we have today. J.P. Heath, our buddy from uh, Rice University, he's going to be joining us here in just a couple of moments. The legendary Corky Palmer on the show a little later. We're going to be talking to him, Kelly, about the new Corky bobblehead. Should be quite an interesting interview. And, and it, of course, it has to be a phone interview because Corky's not in too big a hurry no, these days to get to go anywhere. He's not coming to the studio, but we're really looking forward to having him. Opening segment is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, as it is every day. Dickie's uh, invites you to come enjoy the great fall-off-the-bone ribs, hickory smoked brisket, all sorts of great meats that they cook every day in-house. They'll cater any event, too, large or small, so anytime you have something special, you can sit back and let Dickie's do the cookie. Best turkey I've ever eaten in my life. And you better make sure your air conditioning is working, because if you dare drive by Dickie's with your windows down, yeah, your right. car will automatically turn in there. <laughs> You're <laughs> in, Dickie's. <laughs> and uh, we thank Dickie's very much uh, for their support of the show. All right. Uh, old rivalry week for the Golden Eagles as they travel to Houston, Texas, to take on their longtime rival, the Rice Owls. No stranger to the show is the play-by-play voice of Rice Baseball, J.P. Heath. J.P., always good to talk to you. Welcome back. Howdy. Thanks for having me on. But the only thing I'm um, not upset with, but I have to take exception, is why are you having me on before a legend like Coach Palmer? It should be the other way around. Come on. <laughs> it'll be hard to get him wound up. I mean, it'll be hard to wind That's him true. down. And so uh, <laughs> we, we buffer the end of the show. Hey, JP, always good talking to you, man, and we appreciate uh, your time. Uh, no greater rivalry in Conference USA than baseball with Rice and Southern Miss. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, the Golden Eagles are a little concerned, I might tell you, about coming out there uh, to play the Owls over the weekend. But, uh, JP, tell us how, how this Rice team is different than perhaps what we're used to seeing uh, through the course of uh, their legendary program. Um, to be blunt, I mean, just not as good. I mean, it, it's, it's been a down couple years, as, as you guys well know, since really was that the um, 2017 conference title game when we faced each other. Uh, just a down year. Never could really get it going last year like we did in, in 17, but last year was Coach Graham's last season. And uh, this year, Matt Bragg, a new head coach, and um, just the bullpen hasn't been as, as strong as it's been. we still got pretty good starting pitching. The offense has been uh, mostly hit, some miss. Um, but, I mean, it's been a shrieky team. I mean, you look at the last three weeks – kind of sum up the way we've been 
we sweep Middle Tennessee at home, sweep La Tech at home, and then got swept at Western Kentucky. And that's just a sign of a streaky team. We've been inconsistent. We've been with 500. And um, there have been some high spots, uh, high spots. I don't want to come and sound like negative Nelly on here, but uh, they've just been streaky the whole year. They haven't had that run of 9, 10, 11, 12 wins. They're like 15 out of 20 uh, wins like Rice teams have in the past that kind of made this rivalry what it is. Although you'd, you'd have to say, JP, uh, would you not that the Owls are playing clearly better in the second half of the season than they did in the first? Yeah, for sure. Um, starting off one and five inside conference and then getting it going. And if, if you and I were doing this interview last week, I'd, I'd probably have a, a little more glistening tone. But um, losing the three games at Western Kentucky really hurt. And they're still in controlling their own destiny to get into the conference tournament. But um, – they, I mean, it, it's got to be more. It's got to be better than that. They want to get the regular season title. They want to get the conference championships. And Coach Braga wants to, to keep that standard up where it's been for uh, kind of a couple decades plus when uh, uh, the boss man, Coach Graham, was here. But, yeah, they, they've been playing better lately. But that goes back to what I said earlier, that they haven't had that consistent stretch where they've they've played a lot better baseball like we're used to playing. But it sounds like it sounds like at home you're clearly a different club than on the road. Yes. Yeah, a little bit below 500. They've they played better, and I think those last two sweeps against Middle and against La Tech uh, really showed that. But they're, they're still not a dominating team at home like they have been in the past. It's still a big series for us uh, coming up this week, obviously, but um, they just need to play better baseball. And it, it comes down to uh, hitting with guys on in scoring position really specifically and, and uh, just – getting consistency from the bullpen because they've had Canarino. Canarino's pitched like an All-American. Kravitz lately has pitched like a stud. But uh, Sunday's kind of been up in the air. So it's been good, but there also been some, I mean, glaring, to be honest, there have been some glaring needs for improvement, too. I'd hate to be dishonest to you coming on. But, yeah, it's, it's still a huge weekend on the Rice campus when, when you guys come in. All right, Luke, what you got for J.P.? JP, couple questions. Uh, Andrew Dunlap um, on offense has been uh, really good, man. Twelve home runs so far. I went back and looked at his stats. Uh, he'd only hit six, uh, you know, in, in a full season, but he's batting around three thirteen. He's really been a home run threat for you guys. Yeah, fascinating individual. Really fits in uh, Rice student body, Rice athletes. They're they're different breeds than you and me. Like I, I tell everybody, I, I went, I uh, I work at Rice, but I dang sure did not go to Rice. Um, Andrew's a fascinating individual. I'd love to peel back more of his story, but he's just unique. He just turned 25 years old, so he's an older guy. He's mature. He's married, has a kid, and he's just playing. He, he had an 0 for 17 stretch that I had to remind him of at the airport. <laughs> but uh, he had a pretty good back for the weekend. But he's been a streaky guy, but mainly where his evolution has come is he's not swinging at bad pitches. He's in a, like, I mean, he's literally an older man now. So he's not biting at the curve. I mean, he's, he's just getting fastballs. And that's part of Coach Braga coming in and just emphasizing really gap-to-gap approach. But Dunlap, uh, fascinating uh, human being, and, and he's definitely been the big offensive story for us this year. 
Coach Bragg, uh, such a successful run at Tennessee Tech. Everybody remembers him winning the Oxford Regional last year. I think a lot of Southern Miss fans were uh, probably pulling for Tennessee Tech in that regional. Uh, but, I mean, just you're always straight up with us. How has the transition been, uh, you know, between when, when a coach like Coach Graham has been there so long? Uh, I mean, we, we were kind of looking from the outside. I mean, was it a was it a pretty smooth transition, or is it just growing pains in uh, Coach Bragg's first year? Well, on the field, like I said earlier, it, it's not no, nowhere need, it needs to be, and they want it to be, and that's that's obvious. I'm not coming on, and that's 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 Captain Obvious. I'd be again dishonest if I if I didn't say it wasn't where they needed to be or it should be. But it it was gone impeccably uh, smooth from my part, uh, even at the introductory press conference, and before that, Coach Graham, he's cleaning out his office and doing everything. He humbled himself, and he was giving Coach and his family a tour of campus. And uh, uh, Coach Graham isn't around the program anymore, and that, yeah, it's, it's, it's bittersweet because he's been such a legend and been so important to so many of us. But Coach Bragg is positive. Um, he takes such a different approach than Coach Graham. But what I've told people off air, now I'm telling you guys on air, is that you can win different ways. And, and hopefully, Coach Bragg, that will prove to happen. Uh, He's really encouraging to the guys, but he still holds them accountable uh, for what they've done. I think that's what kind of came to a peak and worked so well at Tennessee Tech. And he's trying to get that going combined with some resources at Rice that could really get them back where they want to be. All right, JP, I have to ask you about Coach Graham. Is, is he? Do you still see him? Does he still come around? Has he just left the scene completely? No. Um, he's kind of a walking myth. No, he uh, – he, from what I understood last, I heard a couple weeks ago, he still lives around Houston. He's building a house up by uh, Possum Kingdom Lake, I think. Um, I might have that lake wrong, but there's a, a couple really nice lakes and resorts up by Austin. I think he's he's going to go up there, but he's still involved. Uh, he keeps up um, with us, I've, I'm told, and he, I mean, and he he's still supportive of of the guys that are on the team. But I haven't talked to him since last summer. But um, fascinating. A figure and, and who I think, I mean, the greatest coach in Rice athletics history. He won a national title at Rice and just uh, what he meant to the university and kind of saved athletics there and uh, just what he means to so many people. He's a, he's a Texas coaching legend and obviously his college baseball exploits speak for himself a Hall of Famer. I think we all have like 30 seconds left for this question, but um, it. it was the fan base behind this move, or, or was it a situation perhaps like when Jeff Bauer left Southern Miss that it split up the fan base? I don't know deep that deep into it. I think they want to win, and Coach Graham had a lot of wins under his belt, and part of them are probably for a, a change like that, but part of them, and like me, uh, I promise I'm not trying to play both sides, but I love love Coach too, but, but Coach Bragg has been excellent. Right. All right, JP, always a pleasure talking to you, my friend, and uh, we look forward to a great weekend of Rice Southern Miss Baseball. Thank you, guys. All right, JP Heath, everybody, play-by-play voice for the Rice Owls. We'll be right back. The 
Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. That's the site of the Eagle Hour. We want to thank J.P. Heath from Rice University for joining us in the first segment of the show. This segment of the show is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and our friends at campusbookmart.net. You know they got a great selection of Southern Miss apparel. Also, you can buy, sell, and rent your textbooks, we should point out, at Campus Bookmart. If you're in the market for some new Southern Miss swag and you're not around, just go to campusbookmart.net. We thank them for their support. All right, before we bring on our next legend, you had a comment you wanted to make about Wayne Graham Kelly and, and really the incredible job that he really did. And what goes under what goes under unnoticed, Bob, is when you take a school like Rice and other schools like Vanderbilt, Northwestern and Stanford come to mind. When you talk about those schools that have such rigid academic standards just to get in, okay? So if you're a baseball coach at Rice, you can't recruit 90% of the guys that you'd like to go there because they're not going to make it academically. All right, so you're handicapped there because you don't have the full pool of guys that you can recruit. So the fact that you have this small pool of players in which to choose from, all right, that have to be academically gifted and can also, you know, get them to, to play baseball at that level for as long as he did is really remarkable. No question. Our next guest knows a lot about Coach Wayne Graham. He knows a lot about college baseball, obviously. He, too, is a legend. 28 years uh, in the game, World Series coach, over 450 wins during his uh, great career and uh, was the man that led Southern Miss to the promised land. Coach Corky Palmer joins the Eagle Hour. Coach, uh, before we get started, any thoughts you could share with us about uh, your rivalry and your association through the years with Wayne Graham out at Rice? Well, uh, I just got on the call, but what the gentleman said was true, that he uh, built an unbelievable program and uh, sustained it for I don't know how many years, uh, I can remember in 08, we beat them two out of three over there, and uh, I think that was the first time they'd lost a home conference series, I don't know, 10 or 12 years. So, you know, uh, it was a strong, strong program, World Series champion, and he should be commended of what he did. He did a super job. All right, Coach. Now, here's the question of the day. You've gone to the College World Series. You've won over 450 games. You've won multiple conference championships. But does anything match last weekend when the Corky Palmer bobblehead was revealed? Oh, I don't know, Bob. i tell you what. <laughs> it was some kind of weekend. Uh, you know, between the calls in Texas, people just thought I had them things in my trunk or something, and I'd just start handing them out. <laughs> I mean, I told them to get there early and get a thousand. Well, we can't make the game. Good gracious. People offered me pies and everything else. It was something. But, uh, you know, uh, the bobblehead was one thing recognized in the World Series team. Uh, First time I'd seen uh, a lot of them guys since, uh, you know, since they left. Mm -hmm. And, uh, a lot of them hadn't been back, so it was a super weekend uh, for that. I would think, uh, Corky, by the way, Corky, this is Kelly Santa. I, was, I had made the comments about Wayne Graham. He's not a gentleman coach. Yeah. 
But uh, but I wanted to ask you about you know you're still living in the area obviously and uh, and coaches who sometimes retire in the same area are very reluctant to even talk about baseball at the institution which they retired from because there's always that feeling of look I'm not I'm not the coach anymore the guy that's there has to have free reign he doesn't need me saying anything about anything one way or the other how do you handle it? Oh you know uh, when I. When Scott took over, I just made it a, you know, a point that, uh, you know, that I he he knew how to run the program and he's ran with it and, you know, uh, we'll talk about some things sometime in the office, to, you know, back and forth. Not me telling him how to do his job, but just you know, different things. So uh, we're very close friends and. Uh, you know, I think that's what made easy transition. Yeah, but but the general public, when people will come up to you and say, "Well, I think we should do this, coach," or "I think we should <laughs> should do that," every every everybody in the general public has the right answer, right? Oh yeah, you get that all the time. I'll be sitting in the stands. Why did we bunt there? Why are you bringing this guy in? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but anyway. Jump in here, Luke. We got Coach Corky Palmer on the Eagle Hour. Coach, uh, good to talk to you again. Thanks for coming on today. When you know we we were talking uh, about seasons and how they go up and down, and guys, you, you'll be hot one weekend, and this team, uh, you know, you look at what happened midweek last week, you beat Ole Miss, and then you lose a tough one Friday, you get shellac Saturday, you come back Sunday and win one. How does a team, uh, and, and how did you guide teams in when they were just going up and down uh, in the ebb and flow of a season? Well. That's going to happen, and that's what's happened really to us this year. We've had those two long winning streaks, and uh, then we'll have too much of a, you know, kind of a bobo. And, uh, you know, that's going to be the key in the last, uh, I think we got seven remaining home games in the conference tournament. Uh, but to be honest with you, I kind of researched this thinking back to it, and, uh, I've never coached a team that didn't have at least two good starting pitchers healthy. And they have one and a half. Powers is a good pitcher, but he doesn't pitch about once a month, seem like, because of arm problems, you know. Mm -hmm. And they are just so limited. I mean, I think the bullpen got burnt down. They did such marvelous work all year, but sometimes you're going to hit the wall a little bit. I mean, they pitch so many innings. I mean, you know, starters going three and four innings other than Powell or if Powers pitches. And uh, I really think they've done a good job. I mean, you know, the one boo-boo they got, uh, they're having trouble defending the field. And, uh, you know, where it's the first time our fielding has been at this point in the season where it's been, but. You know, they've got some good players, but that deficiency in that pitching right now is, uh, you know, it may get interesting. I just uh, hoping and praying we push through it. I think you're 100% right, Coach. We were actually talking about that Friday night, that this is a baseball team that effectively has one starting pitcher. That's that's correct, isn't it? That's right. With Powers, he's pitching on uh, guts right now. I mean, you know, I'm not going to get into all the details, but every time he goes out, he's pitching on guts. So he's not the pitcher, you know, like he was last year. He did a great job for us. Walker Powell's improved from last year, but 
with Walner having arm issues and never even touching the mound after a great fall pitching. And we know he can hit, but he had a great fall pitching. But we've kind of been devastated on our rotation. And, uh, uh, you know, that's uh, – so really the bullpen has done a miraculous job, but some of them have kind of hit the wall. And this little break, hopefully – Four days with no midweek games can, you know, get some uh, guys rested up. Well, can there be anything tougher than that, Coach, not having those dependable starters that you can pull in there three nights on the weekends and even uh, even at a weeknight and give you five or six good innings? We just don't have that this year, do we? Yeah, and you need to get through five at least. I mean, you Powell usually gets it through six into the seventh. You better pitchers, but we may have to make moves after three innings, and I'm telling you, as the season escalates, that's just a hard, that's a hard get. Mm-hmm. And as hard as it's been, what's miraculous? I hadn't looked this week, but last week we're still we were still number one in the league in pitching. Is that right? Yeah, I mean the ERA is a little over four. It was in the threes for a long time, but you know. Uh, Tweedy, uh, you know, he's done a good job. Uh, but, you know, with that Ryan Ock, he's probably not going to pitch anymore this year. He's got arm problems. He had a good arm, a left-handed freshman. And, you know, Strickland left early the other day. So, I mean, this thing's getting pretty thin. Well, Coach, uh, any any words of advice uh, down the stretch here to Southern Miss fans? Here's your chance to talk to them all over the state. What would you tell Southern Miss fans about the remainder of the baseball season? Well, I think we've overachieved, and it, it's going to be up. You're not just going to invent starting pitchers. I hope Carroll will come on, but he didn't give a good account of himself last weekend. Uh, he needs to be the guy that can start. That's what they're trying to do. And he's going to need and just knock on wood. If Towers can gut it out and pitch effectively through five into the six, but, you know, we got a chance to make a regional. Mm-hmm. But we've got some good players, but I'm telling you, uh, I would like to see our work get done for the conference tournament so we don't have to win but a game or two to get in. Because winning four games in five days with about, like I said, one starting pitcher and hoping the other one can make the post is not a good recipe to win a tournament. Right. That's good stuff, Coach. We always appreciate you being on, and I want you to know I'm the proud owner of a Corky Palmer bobblehead. And, and uh, uh, Bob, Next time you I see you, I'm going to get you to sign it. You know, my brother called, well, Kelly Santer always called himself the manager, you know, when he's coaching the youth league. <laughs> Instead of the coach, he called himself a manager like the big league. Yeah, well, try try managing parents these days, uh, Coach. You really are a manager anymore. Thanks a lot, Coach. Hey, I can't even think about it. I heard about that. Good grace. Thank you so much, Coach. All right, thank you. Coach Corky Bye-bye. Palmer, everybody, the one and only Corky Palmer on the Eagle Hour. We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Tuesday, Bob, 
Luke Kelly and Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Beautiful downtown Laurel. We greatly appreciate Corky Palmer joining us in that previous segment. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located at 2505 West 4th Street in Hattiesburg. You can also find them on Facebook in the home of the 895 Daily Lunch Special that includes a drink. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the third segment of the Eagle Hour. Well, Coach Palmer uh, is one to uh, speak truth and never hides it back. He won 62% of his uh, games uh, while he was the coach at, at Southern Miss. And interesting, you say, a couple statistics, you know, you throw it out there. Southern Miss had four baseball coaches in the last 60 years. This was pretty interesting. This uh, with this past weekend, Golden Eagles winning more than 30 games. There's only seven teams in the last 18 plus consecutive seasons to win at least 30 wins. Southern Miss, South Carolina, uh, Cal State Fullerton, North Carolina, Ole Miss, Florida State, and Clemson. So pretty impressive bunch there the Eagles are. But I don't know, Bob, Kelly, you guys comment about this. One of the things that really stood out to me that Coach Palmer just said, he said because of that pitching, the, the you know the lack of starting pitching this year, he threw out a, a big word. He said we had overachieved so far. Well, I think there's a lot of validity to that. I, I, I just think it's just so obvious right now that uh, it's the first time, Kelly, I, and I've been following him pretty much every game since I moved back here uh, in 2010, I don't ever recall seeing a team that had only one established starting pitcher. But a lot of it goes with injuries. Yeah, I understand. And the expectations that were levied on this team before they ever played a game. And Coach Palmer touched upon the fact that Walner threw so well in the fall and people were expecting that to transition, you know, to the spring. You know, the best laid plans go go awry. And injuries are always the piece of the puzzle that you can never predict. And it looks like and sounds like a lot of these guys are having wear and tear now. And, you know, physiologically, the art of pitching is – murderous on an arm and this this is, could be a, a psychology and sociology paper with kids in 10 11 and 12 now playing travel ball and throwing their arms out at age 14 it's only going to get worse i think before it gets better and high school leagues are implementing rules to limit pitch counts which i think is a is a good start but um but the pitching it all it begins and ends with pitching all right there's no question about that uh so what can they do down the stretch? What's a realistic expectation for this team? I'd say about what what has been going on now. Yeah, you know they they've never been able to defend. All right, and and we've been talking all season long about when we get this turned around defensively. Mm-hmm. Well, it hasn't gotten turned around because mm-hmm. it, if it was going to. It would have been taken care of by now. So we just have to accept the fact. And Corky Palmer just said. We're just not a very good defensive team. They don't defend the field very well. All right, so that complicates the problem of not any consistent depth, you know, within the rotation. Now, you're asking guys that normally would be closers to be, you know, long relievers and things like that. And when you put people out of position, which essentially that is the case, they're pitchers, but they're not middle relievers. They're having to be called upon. So you're moving guys around in that situation. It just really throws things in an upheaval. And, Luke, I think it's also fair to say that the last couple of years it's been such a strong hitting team, such an overwhelming offensive team, that they were able to overcome some of the other shortcomings that may have materialized due to injuries and other factors by just out hitting everybody. And that's not quite the same this year either. Fair to say? 
They did, but if you go back and look at the 17 team, you had three starters. You had McCarty, you had Roberts, you had Braley. Braley mm-hmm. actually was your number four that year. Uh, and Sandlin was your closer. You look at last year, you have a legitimate rotation. San, uh, you have Sandlin, Powers, um, and, and Powell. I, I just was doing the math here. Southern Miss has, uh, innings pitched this year, uh, 412. Only 100, a little over 100, I think it's 106 of those have been by Walker Powell and Stevie Powers. Mm-hmm. So your starting pitching has pitched 25% of your total innings this year. Kelly, talk Stevie about Stevie the- Powers actually has Stevie Powers actually has less innings uh, than I think one or two relievers, uh, well, that's- uh, and, and that's that's the glaring you know thing. And you know, Coach Barry hinted at it yesterday. It looks like Ock um, still going to be out for a while, um, and so you know you're you're basically looking at every game. You're relying on Hunter Stanley, you're relying on J.C. Keys, Tweedy, and Carroll. You know, you look at, at some of those guys. We hadn't seen Gabe Shepard in a while. Strickland's been giving us some some pretty good spot starts, uh, but Jared Wright hadn't lit the world on fire. And neither has Josh Lewis. And so that's what you're you're running into. You're having the same five or six guys you're calling on. You know, right. three times a week. All right, Kelly. So so comment on the job that Christian Ostrander has done, considering the circumstances he's dealing with. It's just so hard. To, it's just so hard to say. You know, because again, it's all based on expectations. And it completely, you have to completely wipe the, the board clean here as to, as to what you could expect. Now it's just a matter of survival. And Luke just mentioned how the relievers are getting additional miles put on their tires, which is only going to make it tougher for them to stay fresh mm-hmm. later on. You know, so that just makes it more problematic when you're putting more more innings on those guys. So Coach Oz, it's fair to say, he's really got his hands full. I mean, he's got his plate full of, of issues. He's, he's having to coach through almost inning by inning. Well, it's almost... It's almost like who, who have we got? Mm-hmm. All right, you know it's it's you know who's who's even physical. Don't doesn't matter how well you did in the past. Do you have a heartbeat? Right. Do, do you Can have you a pulse at this point? Right. right. I mean, it's and that's right. tough. So this week may have helped. A week away from the field, the rest for sure. But but something that struck me that Coach Palmer said, and I want you guys to react to this. It sounds like to me that Corky Palmer thinks that Conference USA is going to get two teams. If Southern does not win the tournament, he mm-hmm. thinks the Eagles will get in if they even if they don't win the tournament. That's what I read into that, it. That's that, been that's been kind of the talk. Yeah, there's actually an article that came out from College Baseball Daily yesterday that said that the Eagles and FAU were safe. Uh, FAU's 34 RPI, so they're misses 37. La Tech was kind of a bubble team. There's no way Conference USA gets three teams in. There's no way at all. But I found it pretty astounding that they said two Conference USA teams were safe. Well, I think I think safe is is winning the tournament. That's what I think is safe for sure. And, uh, and maybe winning the regular season. At getting to the championship game of the tournament. But I feel a lot safer winning the tournament. And I just, I still, and I don't want to, I, I just feel so bad for La Tech. They, they, yeah. they have just been dealt such a crummy blow here at the end of right. the year. That's right. Because I think they were a tournament team, I, you know, a month I ago. Agree. Oh, I agree, yeah. You know, and now to, to add insult to injury, it doesn't even look, I mean, they're going to have to win the tournament, it looks like, the Conference right. USA tournament, to get to go. Right. And if there was ever somebody that needed some slack cut to them. It would be them. Absolutely. Speaking of the tournament, we will be there Wednesday and Thursday with the Eagle Hour, that uh, on-the-road trip sponsored by First Bank. And uh, we certainly uh, appreciate them. They've always sponsored our trips down to the Gulf Coast. Uh, they're doing so again this year. 
and uh, so we'll have to try to find ten when he's down there and uh, and put him on there. Although you know, big, strong, tough, legendary All-American Reggie Collier has admitted on this show that he didn't play baseball because he was afraid of getting hit by a pitch. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll get hit by a three hundred pound lineman all day long, but he didn't want to. Not a baseball. <laughs> hey, there had some some trivia yesterday. I was down on on the coast watching the summer all St. Stanislaus playoff game, and you know St. Stanislaus had a Heisman Trophy winner. You know Doc Blanchard won the Heisman Trophy in nineteen forty five. He went to St. Stanislaus High School and then won the Heisman Trophy at Army in nineteen forty five. And I hear tell from the people at St. Stanislaus that his locker mate at St. Stanislaus High School was Celestian J. Pete Taylor. Is that right? That Pete Taylor. How interesting is that? Yeah, I said, yeah. You, that is really cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, so Pete Taylor was the locker mate of, near as I can tell, the only Heisman Trophy winner to ever yeah. to ever go to school in Mississippi right, at right. the high school level. All right, so we'll be at the tournament Wednesday and Thursday. Also this Friday, we're going to be at Ramey's Motors down in Purvis. Uh, Luke described it yesterday as a, what would you say, Luke, it was a... It was like a, a a man cave dream or something of that nature. Yeah, it was Crazy just kind of a, an invitation to the man show. Yeah, it, that's the man it, card that's would it. be taken at every every single spot you know, in that lot, in that premises, in that business. It's just like walking around Christmas morning as a man. Yeah. Well, they have their calories listed on the wall anywhere. <laughs> no, Kelly, no. We we did do a poll the other day while you weren't here. We had come up with. Uh, you told us how many calories were in that bowl of salad, about as many times as there were calories. I, I just I just found it hard to believe that I could eat it was that in much a mixing food. Bowl. I know, it was but, in a mixing but bowl. to eat that much food and that few calories was um, yeah pretty striking to me. You well, know? we need to uh, we need to head back down to as many restaurants as we can. We we, we offered yesterday, by the way, Santa, to uh, to go anywhere and do the show that you would feed us. Is that did that? In any way, anywhere, heard our imitation, anytime, any place, you know, anywhere, anytime, any place that serves lunch, that would We're work. There, that We're would there. Work. <laughs> yeah, Dalton was giving us a time cue. I thought he was raising his hand, so I raised my hand too. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, I'd be up for no, that. No, I'm just hungry too, but that was yeah. a time cue. Yeah. <laughs> All right, when we come back, Luke, you're going to update us on softball. Now, I recall that the softball tournament starts uh, tomorrow. Am I right? Tomorrow. All right, Southern Miss softball on the other side of the Eagle Hour. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by our new sponsor, Gulfport Home Center. The largest inventory and the best prices in South Mississippi on manufactured housing. Gulfport Home Center, located on Highway 49 in Gulfport. Gulfport Home Center, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Before we shift to softball, tonight's 
Conference USA baseball action. Golden Eagles, uh, one of the only teams in Conference USA, not playing a midweek this week. FIU at Texas Tech. Middle Tennessee at Tennessee Tech. Incarnate Word at UTSA. Rice is at Lamar. UAB is at Auburn. Louisiana Tech at LSU. And Florida Atlantic at Sam Houston State. So some pretty exciting midweek matchups uh, for Conference USA teams. Uh, Conference USA softball tournament begins tomorrow. Lady Eagles will take on UTSA at 12. Lady Eagles are the five seed. And again, in the tournament, eight teams make the tournament. The top four have buys. Lady Eagles uh, will play UTSA. If they win, they will advance uh, to their second-round game. Softball, one of those sports that you can play multiple games a day. They'll turn around if they win in game one at 12. They'll turn around and play uh, would play, I believe, Marshall um, at uh, 5 o'clock. And, and talking about softball, we forgot to mention this yesterday, but want to give some props to two Southern Miss softball seniors. Chase Nelson and Samantha Papp, both named to the CUSA softball all-academic team. Chase Nelson uh, with a 3.8 GPA and majoring in communication studies. Samantha Papp, if you can get better than a 3.8, you can. Samantha Papp with a 4.0. Uh, GPA in special education. So those two out of the uh, the, the three seniors, her, Van Shake, and Nelson, taking the, the Golden Eagles tomorrow. Coach uh, Hogue wanted to come on, but they are uh, they're in the batting cage as we speak right now. But they will be facing off against UTSA tomorrow, and during the Eagle Hour, we will be bringing you updates on the first round. Both young ladies matchup. much smarter than you and I, Kelly. And Samantha Paps, an Oak Grove girl, right? I think she's a nice kid, right? Right really down the road nice here. Kid. Yeah, softball, completely different game because you can turn right around and pitch the same kid game after game. We talked earlier in this program about the injury woes that the Golden Eagle baseball team is going through. Physiology, just the way the body is designed, that's the way the arm is designed to work, is is the way they throw a fast pitch softball. It's totally contrarian to throwing a baseball. So yeah, I remember when Courtney Blades was slinging it at Southern Miss. I think she pitched about, I don't know, 60, 70 games a year and never broke a sweat. It's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. That, that's that been the difference for this 2019 squad has been the pitching. Southern Miss has the best ERA in the entire conference, 2.33. Abby Treha, Bailey Springfield, McKenna Pierce, some of those. We would expect uh, Treha to, to start tomorrow against uh, UTSA. She's been really just dynamite this year pitching you look at her with a 189 era bailey springfield with a 205 mckenna pierce with a 272 and kaylin ladner um who has the lowest or who has the highest era on the team still at 3.3 so lady eagles if they make a run it's going to be because of what happens um, in that circle uh back real quickly to corky palmer uh you guys made mention right at the end of the interview kelly about uh about parents today and coaching with parents I- I cannot imagine. <laughs> well, social I just, I just can't imagine. Social media has made it worse now too. Oh. You know, because every every move it used to be they just take their own little home videos and they kept to themselves, right? Mm-hmm. But now their kid runs to first base and it's all over social media. You know, they made right. it to first base without tripping over their feet. I get the fact that you're that you're proud, but we're we're we are raising a generation of kids who are all about themselves and we've made them that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and sports generally are about a team right. of other people. Right. All right. So if, 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 you want it, if you want it to be all about your kid, then play golf, tennis, racquetball, whatever, bowling, whatever the individual sport is. Mm-hmm. But if you're in team sports, you got to remember that there's other people uh, on the team and it's not just yep. about your kid. Yep. 
Yeah. I, I do want to make it. I do want to make it though about your kid. We forgot to do this Friday, Kelly and Bob and I specifically wanted to bring this up. We got distracted with your salad, unable to do it. Congratulations <laughs> to first team all conference from William Carey. Brag on your kid for a minute. We give no you permission. Go. Go ahead, Kelly. John Carter had a great year. Um, you know, he was at Northwestern State in the Southland Conference. Thank you guys, by the way. They were very kind. Um, he was at the Southland Conference at Northwestern State. And the culture of Louisiana, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's worse. Uh, it's just different. Yeah, Louisiana is just a different place. And it just, it just didn't fit well with him. And, um, and it was so bad, in fact, that, that he just said, look, if I need to give up baseball, I'll give up baseball. I get it. And uh, Coach Halford at, at Cary, you know, said, come, come play with us. They had a key injury to one of their – you know, one of their pitchers went down, and uh, so he gave John Carter a, a chance to play and worked out well, I think, for, for both schools. And what a way for him to go out as a senior, you know, all-conference. That was one of his individual goals. And, uh, and, he, and he's such a good kid. He's such a really uh, respectful, nice young man. Has worked here, worked he here for quite some time, and, and we, we always really thought a lot of him. You've done a great job. With Thank him. you, guys. By, yeah. by the grace of God. Yeah, no, really, and an outstanding kid despite his dad. So you know, it just shows it can happen. It can, it can <laughs> happen, Luke. <Yeah. laughs> no, great family. I'm amazed. Uh, yeah, uh, and congratulations to him. He, Thanks. That's well deserved. I'll pass that on to him. All right, we'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock. Remember, we're down in Purvis at Ramey's uh, this Friday, and we will be at the Conference USA Baseball Tournament. But for tomorrow, we'll be right back here at the same time. Until then, Southern Miss to the top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.